0: Hi there, Gary Turner here, your podcast host for Value Through Vulnerability. And today you are kindly joining me on episode 87. And today I bring you Steve Foran, who is an awesome character, uh, mechanical engineer by early trade, uh, professor and practicer of grateful leadership. Just a really eclectic and interesting guy. I was really grateful to Kevin Monroe for introducing me to Steve previously. I joined one of the gratitude challenges that Steve... Kevin and Kat Hayes uh, pulled together that continues to go from strength to strength So please look out for the gratitude challenge. Should you wish to join that? Uh, but back to this conversation I was really grateful when Steve shared that he went from being what he thought was a self-made man Into this realization this oh my goodness my life's been handed to me on a silver platter And I think that that really resonates with me personally as somebody that strives as we all do You know, we want to grow. We want to be better. We want to make a contribution but sometimes we can get wrapped up in comparison, in not having enough, or striving for the material items which don't necessarily sustain our well being and our growth longer term. So I just, yeah, just found that really, really powerful and just wondered if that resonates with you at all. Also, really pleased for Steve that Inc. named his book, um, Going From Surviving to Thriving The 10 Laws of Grateful Gratitude. Um, and he's been named as one of the top five positive psychology books on Ink.com during 2019 as a book to read for gaining greater happiness. So do go out, buy your copy of his book. I've got my copy as well. Um, really great human being. As I say shares vulnerably, openly, and we both exchange stories of times when we haven't stepped into our gratitude um, in ways that otherwise we would have liked to. So enjoy it. I hope you find the conversation enriching. I hope it is thought-provoking. We really look forward to uh, hearing from you, should you have anything to contribute, or indeed, does it challenge your thinking in any particular way? Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability. This is a podcast dedicated to putting the human back into humanity, and oh my goodness, listener, have I got some... Really cool humanity joining us today in Steve Oran, who is a believer in grateful leadership, an electrical engineer, and an awesome human. So thank you for joining me today.
1: Uh, just right back at you. Pleasure to be here, Garrett.
0: Well, uh, thank you so much. Look, I've given a brief introduction to you, Steve. Would you mind just maybe expanding a little bit on where does that passion for grateful leadership come from for you?
1: It, it, you know, it, it came to me... Uh, probably 15, 16, 17 years ago, Gary, when I had this uh, realization and that I call it my aha moment, where I realized my life was handed to me on a silver platter. And, and when I came to that realization, um, a flip switched and I went from being what I thought was a self-made man or self-made woman, but to me, I identify as a man, right? A self-made man into oh my goodness my life has just been given to me as a gift and uh handed me on a silver platter and it just sparked this immense sense of gratitude inside me and it was um and it was captivating i mean i noticed it and and so that got me on the journey towards it and and the only proviso i'll put around it yes um you know i feel like my life's been handed to me on a silver platter I mean, you still have to do something you don't just sit back and right you still have to do something but oh my goodness you know when i looked at whatever my success was whether it's big small it doesn't matter how you would kind of qualify it i up to that point i really thought i was the the the, the alpha and the omega of all of it and how wrong i discovered i was
0: and do you mind speaking a little bit about what what was wrong in that thinking at that time for you?
1: Well, I, I think for me it, it it goes back to my my upbringing that was just very natural. I, I think it was natural as the oldest of five. I had a, a belief that um, if you're going to do something, you had to make it happen yourself. And you know, I would see people on the street, Gary. Uh, say you're panhandling from someone looking for money, I would be right at the front of the line, judging them. You want money? Why don't you go get a job? So my level of empathy, not having what, you know, it's, I, I, I was right at thinking this is my money and I earned it. And, and what what I've since realized is that I didn't possess my money my money possessed me, right? And it owned me. It's so much the fact that, oh no, this is my, and I was so protective of it and other things as well. And I saw, when I saw others, I would, you know, very quickly with having no context for why that person, he or she might be on the street, um, immediately think that, you know, they're there because of, the decisions they made, and those are the very natural consequences of, of having those. And, uh, and and the reason I realized that I was wrong is like I think of the upbringing that I had in the caring home and the support and the encouragement to continue to go on to school and all these schools and hospitals that were put there that As a kid, what did I do to earn or deserve them and the teachers who supported me and all these things that if without that, man, I would not be where I am today. And I think I was wrong. But if you would have told me, here's the thing, Gary, if you would have told me, even maybe maybe not 15 years ago, because I was beginning to question it. But 20 years ago, if you were to tell me outright, Steve, look, hey, you better, you know temper back how you think about yourself and your successes. You didn't do it all. I would be, oh, look, Turner, I know what I did. I did this, right? I don't think I would have been very receptive to it. So it was it was a gradual aha moment for me.
0: Thank you so much for sharing in the spirit of this podcast, as in vulnerably. Like for you to be so honest and to own that narrative that you were telling yourself back then is really inspiring, Steve. So thank you. Resonate with, it resonates with me personally as somebody that was on that path of never enough, need more money, need the job title, that I, I identify with things outside of me. You know, it's all about me. That was certainly me up until, you know, even five, six years ago, Steve. And I just really love what you've shared because I'm sure that's going to resonate with some of our listeners as to that that judgment, you know, that judgment we make sometimes unconsciously based on those beliefs that we've been brought up with, you know, and I just think it's so powerful to hear you talk about the importance of challenging those beliefs.
1: Yeah, it, it is. And, and for me, it is a, it's something I need to wake up every day and work on. It's not like check. I've got that done. I can talk about it as if it's in the past. Uh, so for the the listener, you listening, it's something that really you should we should listen to my story in present tense because it's something that I need to remind myself every single day. Cause it's so easy. I get cut off in traffic to impute some negative intention on the guy or girl that cut me off and judge and just like, Steve, <laughs> relax. here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's beautiful.
0: Um, Probably a really good time actually to mention that you've written a book called Surviving to Thriving, and clearly you're speaking beautifully to the name of your book as part of your own journey. And I've got to put a shout out to our mutual friend Kevin Monroe who connected us yep. um, originally. How how was it for you writing that book, Steve? How did it sort of impact you actually going through that writing process? Or what did you learn about yourself maybe going through that uh, that writing process?
1: Oh, thank you. Um... I guess the, the, one of the things I learned is that I could do it. But like, cause I I, like this idea of writing a book, it had been probably banging around in my head for six or seven years. And I think I, I I doted whether or not that I could do it. Not that I could write 45,000 words, but 45,000 words that were somehow meaningful around gratitude and the gratitude would, would be there would be enough there to write about, and so um, no question. I, I learned about that, and I also learned that as I was writing it, and I'm you know I used lessons from my own life that some of the stories in the book happened while I was writing the book. <laughs> so there was a, I I was able to apply what I was writing to my own life as I was going through it. So I was able to use some examples. Uh, over the year of 2018, while I was writing it, um, to, to be in the book, and it just reinforced that this idea that you know we're on this journey together in in mastering and 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 being the best versions of ourselves, and not that you know I need to be as as you know as good as you, Gary. No, I need to be the best version of Steve foreign that I can be. Right. And, and that's really what I I try to remind myself in terms of, if I'm going to compare myself, compare myself with the aspiration of who I'm trying to become every single day, not, you know, not you or not, not anyone else in in this world. And, uh, and, and then when one other thing that just, reaffirm me so much was uh, when my wife read the book, we were on vacation and I've never re- seen her read a book so fast. And, and she was quiet. I didn't ask her any questions about it. And it was the first, it was the, it was the first man printed manuscript that I got back and I didn't show it to her the whole time we were, uh, that I was writing. And she always wondered why. And when I picked it up, we were on vacation in California. and I, So I gave it to her and she started reading it in the car right away. And I was nervous to ask her, what do you think? And uh, I eventually did when she was like on chapter nine, out of chapter 10 chapters, right? I saw it towards the end. What do you think? And she said, I really like it, Steve. I really like it. And it was just, that was heartwarming. Beautiful.
0: What I really love that you're speaking to for me as well, Steve, is this the things that you are grateful for, your journey, the, you know, the gratitude of your wife reading your book, it's amazing, as you say, that actually we are what we are because of the community and the people that surround us. You know, It's actually in community and in connection that we thrive and that we grow. We don't do it in isolation. And that's really coming through loud and clear from, from, from your, your, your communication.
1: Yeah. I mean, we see it in, uh, yeah, you, 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 you really do. I mean, gratitude, we can work on it. On our own you what I notice in myself and in others when it's done in community or with others it um, it's it just it it amplifies it. it it's like it's on an exponential the impact of it and it's not just not just because of the impact because impact and sometimes you know as an engineer I can make it seem very utilitarian transactional you know what I mean Gary so mm-hmm. gratitude is not a, to me it's not about this transactional you do this you're going to feel x percent better like that can be very transactional It gratitude truly is something that is transformational that enables you and 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 me and you the listener to to be able to transform how we make sense of our lives and the lives of those around us in the world in which we live and and then ultimately in my view how we show up as a as a leader how we show up as a human being every single day or whether it's at work at home and in our community
0: do you have any examples or maybe personally or from from any people that you, while you're writing the book steve of real shifts that people experience by starting to be you know experiencing gratitude more or maybe practicing gratitude more often are there any particular stories that you're able to share with us
1: yeah there was uh, a, a you know, a client I, I worked with a number of years ago, we, a CEO uh, of a company, and he was going through just probably an 18, 24-month period of this serious health challenge that was not life-threatening, but had a huge impact on quality of health or quali- quality of life. And, um, you know, and in the process of that, he lost one of his key executives Um, you know, markets as they can do, go up and down. And so, you know, there was a period of that where market was really challenging. And um, I I remember every time I called him, you know, I would ask, you know, just checking in with them and seeing how things were. And he was, uh, you know, he was attuned to the work, you know, obviously the work that I'm doing with gratitude and gratefulness and grateful leadership. And so he would, He would begin every conversation with, you know, well, his key executives leaving. Well, I've got some skills in this area. And you know what? We have an amazing team here. Um, He was able to refocus and just from all the crap that's going on in his life and not make that be the focus of his attention. And um, I know he was really hyper- attuned to it when we interacted, but he, he shared with me, it's just like it really made a difference for him to be able to get through it. And, you know, the, the critical thing, whether whether you're the CEO uh, of a company or whether you're leading a, you know, you know, a scope troop or whether you're, you know, organizing uh, a, a soup kitchen in your community is that you're, you're leading and you're influencing others. And if, we, once we get into that negative frame of mind, we essentially shut down our, the executive function in our brain and our ability to think critically, it pretty much disappears. And those are the times you think about it. If you're going through all these health challenges, challenges at work and things, you know, and finances, and bills are hard to pay and all this, that's when we need our best thinking, our best brain, right? And so being in a positive frame of mind enables us to do this and anyhow for this one individual that that's one example. Um, but even, you know, through my personal life too, you, you know, you see that and, uh, it gratitude has this power to transform.
0: It's amazing. I've seen this firsthand. I've taken part in a couple of the um, gratitude challenges that yourself, Kevin and Kat Hayes have, have, have put on. And I've just, I felt the energy, the joy of people sharing again in community how gratitude has served them you know including one of mine which i know kevin shared before was i've struggled with gratitude you know you kindly shared a vulnerable story one of mine's been i travel a lot internationally steve and after being part of the gratitude challenge listening to your podcast with kevin i struggled to walk up to the cleaners in the toilet at the airport and say thank you i was conscious in my mind that i wanted to but socially my body froze like am I going to be the guy that walks up to the cleaner of the toilet and say, thank you. And twice I've done that. And twice I've not said, thank you yet. And I know I will, but I just want to share really vulnerably and openly for those that are listening to us that there is an intention behind gratitude, Steve.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there really is. And, and, you know, just hearing you tell that story, you know, when, when somebody gives you something, when you, when, when you receive, when I receive something, I have a need. I have a need to say thank you and you know what the neuroscience you know what they see is when when we're recipients of gratitude there's some activity in our brain and the neurotransmitter dopamine gets secreted which causes us to want to you know there's some addictive qualities to it so causes us to want to repeat things happen again but dopamine also causes us to want to act to do something And the action that we want to do is we want to, we have this need to say thanks. We do, all of us, we need to express our gratitude. So to me, gratitude's like this two-sided coin. On one side, there's this internal feeling, and it's generally a positive feeling that we have when we're grateful, um, that we experience. But then there's this, it's not fulfilled until we express it, which is the external, which is the other side of the coin. So there's this expression. And what happens when you say thank you, or when you give, or when you help someone, you end up feeling good again. And so there's this cycle of gratitude that happens within us. And when we do it, we're spinning it off and the people all around us. So it, um, it is this contagion is that how you pronounce it? Contagion? That, like, that spreads? It really is. And, you know, in the literature, they call it pro-social inertia. You do something good and it continues to build and you build up this inertia that continues to spread pro-social behaviors, things that um, we would want is that build a society. Um, so, yeah. So interesting that you feel this this need to say thank you. And until it's fulfilled... Uh, I suspect it's going to be quite, quite cathartic for you when you do that. So, uh, and I, you know what? I I want to challenge myself to do that, and because I remember you posting about it, um, and I think for the listener too that you you know who is it that you might hesitate to to say thank you to, but when you step back and think about it. I think this might be an appropriate place to say thanks and to do that. And for each of us to do that. And when we do it, boys, we're just, we're spreading out more positive good. And we're honoring, we're honoring the gifts and the good that other people contribute to the world.
0: It's so lovely. And I'm buzzing as I do with every amazing human that comes on this podcast, Steve. So thank you for sharing so openly because, you know, I I think back, I'm laughing at myself because I can. Like it was harder for me not to say thank you because I could feel the energy rising up in my body. Like it was a physical act to stop me saying thank you to those people who do a great job of keeping our toilets clean and safe at an airport. It took more effort to not say thank you. (laughs) It was bizarre. It was so bizarre.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes stepping out of our comfort zone, I remember. Probably 10, 12 years ago, I was meeting someone um, in a coffee shop and uh, in town here, just on the other side of town. And um, the owner of the shop employed a number of people that had Down syndrome. And, and one of the servers had Down syndrome and he was very outgoing and just happy. And I walked into the store, I did everything I could to, to avoid being served by this person. And I went to another server and did things, and then I sat down I, and I had my my coffee and I was waiting for the person to arrive. And as I was doing that, I just was self-reflecting. Did you notice, Steve, that you didn't go? to Why did you avoid that person? And I kind of, I don't know if I unearthed everything, but it was like this fear. What, I did I feel some sort of, um, I have some, you know, feel pity or I i don't know what it was. Right. So I, I said, next time I come back here, I'm i going to, next time I came back, he was serving. I went out of my way to be served by this young man. It was one of the most uplifting, inspiring, like, and talk about just let the fear roll away and wash off you. It was just like, and I felt like, okay, this is something that I don't want to hide, that I, I, I did this, right? So this is a good place to talk about this. And I've, I've shared this with other people, is that we can somehow have fears of, uh, of people who are different. What we would describe as different than me. They're different than me. And, and somehow, um, anyhow, he was different than me, but he was no different than me. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Th- th- thank you again for sharing so openly. I think... This, what's coming up for me as, as you talk, and I reflecting on my own experiences, some of the richest experience, the most grateful experiences I've had, have been from those people that don't look like me. So when I've intentionally gone out of my comfort zone on this podcast to talk to people that do have disabilities or are women of colour or have a different lived experience to myself, very, very, yeah, quite fear-based initially. Like, am I really going to do this? Like, I don't understand I don't know what their context is. I don't know. But, but we're, all, we're all equally human. And I think once we realize that's the one thing we've all got in common, is we are of equal value and we are equally human, it's amazing how much we can learn from each other.
1: It, it absolutely is. And I, I remember I, I was at a conference once, and the speaker um, he had a cerebral palsy. And so he had very obvious, you know, his muscle movement and his speech at times, uh, you know, could be slurred or just... it it was different. And, and, and he said something that was absolutely profound. He said uh, a number of times through his, his talk, he said, um, I have a disability. Um, I, how did he say this? Oh, I wish I could get it right. I, the only different, he's the only, I have a disability. The only difference between you and I, the, the only difference between you and me is that, you can see my disability, right? And he and he, he was very respectful in it, right? But the only difference between you and me is that you can see my disability. And each of us can be constrained. And that's what he was really invite, inviting us in to look to is what's holding us back? What is constraining us? What is our disability, so to speak? And uh, yeah.
0: That's really beautiful because what I'm sensing is gratitude is a fantastic antidote to whatever disability we have, whether it's our thinking about ourselves, our thinking about others. You know, to be grateful for the things that give us life and give us energy and allow us to be who we are. That's a far more productive place to sit in than the negative self-talk and the and the uh, yeah the poor belief systems that sometimes we have. that I certainly used to have, Steve.
1: Yeah, it, it, you know, gratitude is. Um, you know, accepting our giftedness as it is, to be able to stand into it and be grateful for the gifts and the, the talents that we have, and not to be jealous of the talents other people have or the ones that we might not have, but just to be able to acknowledge those. Um, because each human, each of us is gifted with dignity. We all each no one human being is better than the other. Uh, at least I I don't I don't. Belief, so,
0: it's so I, I can't ignore the fact we mentioned a couple of times during this conversation that you're an engineer by background. So please, for our listeners and myself, Steve, join the dots between this deep passion for for grateful leadership and being an engineer. Is there a correlation? Is there <laughs>
1: the You know, when, when I started my practice of engineering, when I graduated from from college and university, I knew for a fact I would retire at the power utility where I started working. And because um, I saw it very clearly going forward. And if you would have told me back in 1987, that, you know, 32 years later, I'd be on a podcast with a guy from, the UK talking about gratitude and grateful leadership, I would be laughing. <laughs> but as I look back, you can I can see how the path just wound its way there, um, and it it does so gradually, you know, by the people and the opportunities and the things that get placed in your life, and the questions that we ask ourselves as we go. And there's no question that grat- that my engineering mindset informs how I approach grateful leadership in this, you know, you read in the book and I've got the systems and the schematic drawing of how the brain works and how that's the engineer's take on how that brain works. And I found, here's what I find amazing is that the book was uh, and this is a bit of self promotion, but uh, Inc.com named the book, one of five positive psychology books to read for greater happiness in in 2019 and i'm thinking an electrical engineer writes a book on positive psychology <laughs> and it it's uh, a lot of it is just such common sense though and things that we would have experienced when we grew up and as how we were raised no matter who raised us and uh that for those that are bringing up kids or raise kids or have children or see those that we would naturally instill. So I don't think it's quite the disconnect as some people do, because engineers are seen as, you know, very square in the box, do it this way. And, um, so it, it, I get to do yoga with my mind because of the, um, it stretches both sides of, of, of both hemispheres of my brain.
0: That's, that's wonderful. And I think I, I, I just love what you're also speaking to there, which for me is actually it's incredible that these belief systems that takes us away from being grateful are quite often socialized. So actually the fact you're an engineer comes with a stereotype. The fact I'm a white male comes with another stereotype. And when we actually get below all of that polite BS, we are beautifully equally human. I know we've both said it a couple of times, but I genuinely believe that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I, I was wondering what you meant there about uh socialized, but you're right. You're absolutely right. We can fall into that trap and uh, so building that practice and and doing it in community is, is very powerful for moving us forward. Yeah.
0: Well, look, as we look to wrap up, Steve, thank you so much for your time. I've just, you're, you're an incredibly interesting character. And I tell you why I say that you've also, you've taught for a decade, ethical decision-making you have a master's I believe in, you know, was it motivations for charitable giving? You're just, it's this beautiful quandary of absolutely awesome humanness. You know, how how did you fall into the teaching part? I'm really intrigued before we, before we uh, leave each other today. How did that come about?
1: Yeah, the um, I, I I was doing my, uh, finishing up my MBA and that's right around my aha moment, right? So I, it's like I was in a business school. I want, you know, in, in early 2000s and, you know, so I walked into the dean's office and I want to do my research on the connection between gratitude and charitable giving why people give their time why they give their money why they help others why they serve and um and I'm I'm not the fastest I'm not fast so anyhow it took me two or three years to do the research and uh but my re- faculty advisor when I was done she said you got to stick around with school and um, you should be teaching ethics here at the school so I I did that for 10 years and just part, you know one ter- one class a term and it was you just have these, host these wonderful conversations with the young, most of them were young people that are stepping into leadership and I've got a lot of hope for the world from based on the conversations that we had over those 10 years. So.
0: Well, before we get the details of how people can connect to you, what are you grateful for right now in this moment? I'm nicking a Kevin Munro comment, which he uses a lot,
1: but I love it. Yeah, yeah i the day we record this um, is the birthday of my daughter, Stephanie, and she uh, turns 28 today. And I'm just grateful for the gift and joy that she brings into my life and to everyone that she touches. And tonight we're going out for uh, some pizza with uh, with my wife, Stephanie, and our four-year-old grandson, Max. So I'm kind of wrapped up in gratitude around that particular aspect of my family right now. And, uh, and also grateful for this conversation. You know, I, I always love having conversations like this. And like, I feel like markedly more positive and inspired just being with you, uh, you, you here today, uh, Gary. And uh, so thanks. Thanks for it.
0: Well, likewise, I'm super grateful for your time and to Kevin for connecting us in the first place. So uh, thank you so much for all you're doing, Steve. Um, how can people find you if they want to follow up the conversation or, or learn a bit more about your work?
1: Yeah, please, thanks. Um, the, the easiest way is our website, gratitudeatwork.ca. And CA, because we're in Canada. So thanks so much.
0: Perfect. Thanks for your time, Steve. Speak soon.
1: Yep. Take care.
0: Hi Gary Turner your host here just wrapping up this conversation what a rich conversation it always is with Steve I just wanted to share with you a few of my uh, key takeaways in case they're helpful for you one of them is where Steve spoke to the fact that each of us is gifted with dignity no one human being is better than the other just such a prof- profound, deeply profound reflection that for me, you know, with the chaos that we see, the, you know, the macroeconomic climate, the political climate, without going down that rabbit hole, it does just make you realise, what if every politician, every business leader, every one of us could just see each other as, the, as, you know, a human, literally a human being before the label, before the fear, before the competition, what if we could generally just come from that place of presence and gratitude that we have this time on this planet Um, this unique time uh, to try and make a difference bigger than ourselves how can we just see each other and be with each other from a place of more dignity and gratitude I'd love to know if that resonates with you at all I also enjoyed Steve speaking about the fact that I didn't possess my money my money possessed me it owned me oh my goodness my whole body was literally just shivering when Steve shared this for anyone that's heard me on other podcasts, I've, had the, uh, the, I've been grateful to be invited onto a few other podcasts myself in recent months, and I share my own personal journey of this. You know, you know, there's this personal journey we're on within ourselves, and of course, there's the collaborative journey with our families, our, our you know, our friends, our, our co-workers, etc. But that internal dialogue. That allow, that striving for material items, that believing that by having more money, more cars, more things, more status, is somehow going to enrich our lives? Yes, it's like a shot in the arm, absolutely. It can make our, our ego feel good in the short term, but it's never sustaining. It's never energetically sustaining, certainly in my experience of life. And again, I invite a challenge on that. Do you disagree with that? Do you agree with that? What else comes up for you as I reflect on this particular point? And then finally, I shared very vulnerably, indeed as Steve did as well in his uh, restaurant experience, times when we have both hesitated to say thank you, even though inside it was almost harder not to say thank you. Such a, I've really appreciated Steve sharing it so openly his experience of that. So may I ask you if you're kind enough to still be with us, who is it that you may hesitate to say thank you to? It doesn't have to be at work, it could be at home, it could be your partner, it could be your children. It doesn't have to be someone that's on a peer level or someone that's older. You know, when do we last say thank you to our children? When do we last say thank you to our friends just for being there, just for being who they are? Anyway, really rich. You can hear from my reflections that it was deeply impacted by this. And as the last conversation before we go into the Christmas break, I wish one and and all thank you if you've listened to any one of these podcasts during 2019. Thank you if you listened to any one of these podcasts back to when this experiment started back in May 2018. Thank you. Deeply thank you. And I really hope that you join us as we go into the new year. The first podcast um, on the 6th of June 2020 will be with the incredible Tasha Urich, the New York bestselling author of the book Insight, where we go deep into self-awareness. And it's not just self-awareness as uh, as everybody talks about it. There's a There's a depth, there's a spirituality for me in how Tasha speaks to it even from an organizational psychology point of view, but maybe that's just what I'm seeing. I'd love for you to, to to come and join us in that conversation on the 6th of January, 2020, in this new decade. But until then, thanks for joining Steve and I. Please do connect with Steve, follow Steve. He's a great human being uh, and on a mission to help create one billion more grateful people on this planet. So have a great break, be safe, be there for others, see each other as the unique human beings that we are, yet all interdependent and interconnected. And thank you for being with me on this journey. I'm grateful for all of you that listen. And if you, if we haven't connected yet, I'd really love it. If you listen to these podcasts, but we're not connected on Twitter, we're not connected on LinkedIn, please do reach out. Do connect. I'd love to know who you are. I'd love to know what you're getting from this, how you might get more value from the podcast. This is, this is an experiment. It will continue to be an experiment. And it is only as good as the feedback and the guests that come on it. So you can find me at Gary Turner on Twitter, you can find me on uh LinkedIn, you can find me at the listening organization. Um, sorry, or yeah, and when I say at, that's not a Twitter at, that's at literally the URL, the listening organization, one word dot co dot uk, and looking forward to hearing from you in due course. Anyway, have a fantastic break.